I'm Rob. I'm E. And I'm the hungriest MC in the world, Fat Ray. Run up in this bitch with me. How you face down, counting like one Mississippi. Back with the real black hippies. Smoking peanut butter breath, I'll be blowed in the jiffy. Little bro cold with the gift. Swipe bossa. Get whatever for the half of the price cost us. I'll show you how to drip. Keep the big 40 with the 30 in the clip. On the hip, I'm a trip. Talking to myself like nigga, you were eight. Then hit the vape pen in the lift. My niggas on the block wildin'. Coming up, nigga, we ain't have much but some top rhyming. But now we on the top rhyming. Welcome to the next movement, everyone. Y'all good today? Yeah, how about yourself? Man, I can't complain, man. Life is good right now. Good to see you guys still doing the thing, though, man. I've been checking out the, some of the episodes. Looking good. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we free to speak like I want to, or do I got? Oh yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> All right, bet. But that's what's up. Then it's a bruiser occasion. And what the fuck? <laughs> Who's there with you, Ray? Oh, I got Raffy here with me. Black noise in the building with me. Oh. Triple black and gangster T. Yeah. Two bruisers in the building right now. Nice, love it. Raffy, you want to say what up, man? <laughs> Raffy, black noise. Peace, peace. What up, what up? Fat Ray, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to talk with you for real. You've been at this uh, a long time. No doubt, man. Appreciate y'all reaching out to us, man. Mean the world to us right now. Yeah, our pleasure. Absolutely. You guys are tearing shit up right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you, man. Thank you for the flowers, man. We appreciate all the flowers right now because we had to go in the dirt to get them. Uh, my first question for you is, after all this time, it seems like maybe folks are, are taking notice in a new way. What have the past like four or five months been like for you since uh, Santa Barbara dropped? Well, it's uh, really been a team thing that's really been going on. You know, the Bruiser, we assimilated and we all been working together. So for like the last four months, man, it's just been like building the Brooklyn Nets or something for real. You know what I mean? Everybody just collectively coming together to contribute and um, give that give that positive input and, and, and you know, and, and um, full support for each other. So it's it's really been a um, brotherhood thing for me for the last six months, just getting more in tune with my brothers, us getting on the same page musically and, you know, and, and in real life tackling these real life issues that we've all been dealing with and just trying to make good music through, you know, this, this trying time right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it really was just us trying to um, pull the positive energy out, you know what I'm saying, and put it into the music, what was left of it. Does it feel to you like the, the public, like the listener is responding to that? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. people who I didn't expect to respond have been responding, bro. Like, I shout out Alchemist. You know, Alchemist gave a great review. In band camp that, you know, that I was, you know, blown away to get. Um, a lot of people been tapping in with me, letting me know that I'm doing good on the music. Like Virgil LeBlow tapped in, you know what I'm saying, from Off-White and gave me his support. And that's just the things that mean the world to me right now. A lot of my big homies been reaching out. Trick Trick reached out, let me know. I had his full support. It's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride, man, for sure, for sure. And, um... The best is yet to come, I feel like. Do you have a sense of whether or not fans know you've been doing this for a long time? Like, you've been, I mean, you've been out here for a minute. Do, do they have a sense of that? Um, 
the majority of my core fans, they know exactly what's going on. A lot of my new listeners don't really, you know, have a full understanding of who I am. But based off of what they heard, I'm sure they could pretty much gauge what to expect out of me for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Musically, if they heard Santa Barbara, then they pretty much know what to expect out of me music-wise. So it's a lot deeper that they can go, you know, back to 2004, to the BR Gunner days and to the Dirty District days. But I feel like right now is more important right now that they hear what I'm saying right now so they can understand mm. what I said in the past. Mm. Mm. Can you so talk to us how you became part of Bruiser Brigade? I'm assuming that started with a relationship with Danny Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, me and Danny Brown, you know, we've been cool for a minute. We were introduced to each other through the hip hop underground scene. Um, when Danny, you know, first got popping, he was going to a bunch of different shows and we interacted with each other at a couple different places like uh, Alvin's, you know, Detroit hip hop uh, showcases that were going on. Like Alvin's was one of the big ones that was going on during that time. And um, we had a couple other places like Northern Lights and uh, a couple other places that we were going to during the time that we're doing our type of music, the Lush Lounge. So we were making acquaintances, but Hex Murder essentially brought us together um, to do Elza's Fire Remix. And that was the mm -hmm. first time that me and Danny got on the record together. We uh, both got on Elza's Fire Remix. Shout out to Hex Murder. You know what I'm saying? For putting that together. And um, that's when we met. Hex said, go get the door. And Danny was at the door. You know what I mean? And we met. We recorded on that record. We was good. And a couple years down the line, I got a call from one of my homeboys and said, you know, it's time for us to talk. And we went and talked. And the end result from me and my man BMO was that uh, we was, we was gonna, I was going to join the Bruiser Brigade. How about the rest of the team? I mean, are, are these folks that you have known uh, throughout your, your time or just people that you that you clicked with, that you connected with? Um, outside of Danny Brown, the core members of the Bruiser Brigade, I already was aware of due to one of my homeboys, Chip, Chips De Niro. Chips De Niro was one of the original members of the Reservoir Dog crew that Danny Brown was originally in. And that was one of my little homeboys. That was one of my homeboys from the neighborhood. So I initially, you know what I'm saying, gravitated towards him. You know what I'm saying? And just finding out what he was a part of, it brought me to everybody else pretty much. B-Mo and Gangsta T and, you know, uh, the rest of the crew, Dopehead and, you know, so forth and so on, all the bruisers. The uh, the hip-hop community there in Detroit has always seemed, at least from, from our vantage point, as sort of close-knit, super interconnected, you all seem to support each other in a way that MCs and, and producers and creatives in other regions maybe don't. Do you find that to be true? And if so, uh, what do you think contributes to that? Um, well, you know, it's two different sides to it. You know what I mean? It's like with everything else. You got the people who working to keep the craft alive and you got your artists that are trying to, you know, push the genre into the next level and then you got artists who are content with where they at and they want to you know and they want to develop their own personal thing and do their own personal thing with music so it's always been two sides to it it's been the streets and the backpack side i pretty much feel like one of those artists who had an opportunity to be on both sides of the fence is very rare 
that hmm. find an artist that get that opportunity to play in the streets and then still have a hip hop credibility at the same time. So it's been a divide that way, but um, me getting love from both sides, I don't feel the divide. You know what I'm saying? As much as another artist would on the opposite extreme, you know what I mean? But um, I think that it's been a family orientated thing the whole time due to our exposure as a whole. We never really got the look that we were supposed to get for our underground artists. You got a lot of artists here who sold music all over the world who still not locally recognized. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's it's the opposite way for us than it is for most places like Atlanta or uh, other major cities where their artists um, enjoy a local buzz before they do a national or global buzz or, you know, or, or that or that national or global look techno and then with techno being created here you know what i mean detroit music travels all around the world mm. and rarely you know listened to or accepted by us you know what i mean we listen to things that we think are new from other places you know what i mean whatever's new from somewhere else oh this is the new alabama or this is the new atlanta or this is the new what's, this what's popping here we like to be the first with what's popping somewhere else you know what I'm saying? The majority of the dudes here, they like to be the first one with something from somewhere else that ain't nobody got. So, you know, um, our music tends to play second fiddle to a lot of the industry sound and a lot of the um, new movements that be coming out. But hmm. I've had a consistent level of support for my support system since it's mainly rappers who has already made it. <laughs> It's just me getting myself relevant enough to be acknowledged, to make myself the conversation. So they just simply got to tell the truth about what we've been through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. A lot yeah. of these artists is already real familiar with who I am. So I ain't really had them, them, the type of issues with getting the love like other artists do. It's been an overwhelming amount of love since I've been doing music. I got a chance yeah. to build as a kid. So it was like, you know, I've been blessed. So if you've been looking at our episodes, you probably saw that we had house shoes on earlier. Shout out to house shoes. Shout and out. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I said to him, you know, Danny Brown is, is someone who really made me pay attention to what was going on in Detroit. Like he really made me stop and sort of explore what was happening in hip hop in, in the city. And so, you Danny know, Brown. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you being part of Bruiser Brigade and working with him and having that close relationship, I wondered if as a collective, if being part of this collective, if you feel like your music is doing the same thing, if it's bringing awareness to Detroit and the hip hop community there. I would only hope so. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, my goal is to uplift our music community and our artist community and, you know, to give it new life like it deserves to have. You know what I mean? I feel like we got a lot of super talented artists here that just need the proper exposure. But me being one of the ones who um, essentially is taking the charge to try to somewhat lead the way, mm. I feel like, yes, it's very important that we get the credit and the acknowledgement right now. It's very, the shares mean the world to me. The listens every ear mean the world to me right now because that's how our children are going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We're not going nowhere. All right, so let's talk about Santa Barbara for a minute. Can you tell us how long did it take you to uh, to finish the album? When did you start working on it? What was, what was the timeline like? Wow. Um, 
me and Rafi, when we got together to uh, work on the Santa Barbara project, which y'all guys know to be Santa Barbara, it initially um, started with a couple studio sessions. We went in for like two months straight. We recorded over 40 records. Mm. Um, wow. And um, we turned the list. And during the period of time, Danny, like, you know, y'all cooking a lot of heat. Just, you know, let me curate when y'all figure out where y'all going to go. Let me curate, you know, what's what y'all come up with. He asked me to give him that, you know, give me that, right? Let me curate this time and let me. So for sure, you know what I mean? Danny Brown going to pick your track list and, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and put his vision into it. You know, that meant the world to me that Brown even wanted to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we turned the records over to Brown, like 40 records. And he, and that was his overall, that was the, that was the list that he picked those songs in, in that order. And um, I just initially wanted to give my just dues to Detroit hip hop, because I feel like it did so much for me, for me to not take one project and acknowledge my influences, you know, big proof and, you know, Jay Dilla and, you know, the city just in itself, you know what I'm saying? The things that it did to separate me and save my life, you know what I'm saying, is the jewels that I put into that project. Every, you know what I'm saying, Monica of what I learned is in that project. Mm. Mm. Were you and Rafi together the entire time that you worked on it? 100%. Okay. Yep. Every time I got a verse, every time I had a feeling for a verse, every time I just wanted to get something off my chest. Rafi was my relief. Like Rafi was the yang to my again, you know, because a lot of times as artists, we um, we find the, the engineering and recording process too tedious. And a lot of times the engineers, you know, put pressure on the artists to produce and to get things done in a certain fashion. And Rafi just made it comfortable for me to work how I wanted to work. When I was ready, he was ready. He never rushed me. He sat and he waited when it was time where I wanted to say stop and just write on the spot. I want to explain all of this and just write how I feel right now. He he was with me the whole way and he never forced no beats on me. You know what I'm saying? He let me pick through his catalog. He went in and he altered records for me that I didn't particularly like certain things. He went in and he altered on my behalf and he really, you know, did everything that he was supposed to do to make the recording process comfortable for me as an artist. So I just, I, I that's really, you know what I'm saying? Just as much as it's mine, I feel like that's Rafi's baby just as much as it's mine because um, he really met me where I needed to be met to get it done. Yeah, I feel like you can hear that in the record. You know, I, I feel... He does. I know he does a lot of production for, you know, the crew members in Bruiser Brigade. And I think he has a knack for just sort of tailoring production to speak to said MC style and characteristics. Yeah, you know, I'm real hard to please. Like, you know, my catalog and my history, I got Jay Dilla. I got Black Milk. You know what I'm saying? I got Apollo Brown. You know, I really get to pick through the hierarchy as far as the beats go so you know what i'm saying at the beginning i was a little standoffish because i you know i I didn't see you know how it's like meeting basquiat for the first time you know what i'm saying you've seen a painting but you don't know until you're looking at it 
body of work, how to judge the artists. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So at first I was a little standoffish until we got in a couple records and then I started to see the vision behind his sound and everything he was trying to do. And that's when he became the baby Rizzo to me. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, oh, okay. You not just a dude hitting pads. You know what I'm saying? You hearing sounds and you seeing sounds and you you seeing the vision. Yeah. So it was it was it was it was great just working with another creative mind that wasn't um, you know, that wasn't too caught up in their own artistic value to not let the job get done. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of times our egos get in the way, just feeling like you missed or whoever, and that'll block the energy. You know what I'm saying? So I just think Rafi, yeah, he had the energy that I needed to be conducive to my recording process during that time because I was going through a lot in life, was losing a lot of people, and you know we was going through all type of stuff socially. So it was just going on my phone every day, seeing depressing stuff, and just trying to pull the light out of your, out of my days in the studio. Hmm. But that's what that was, hmm. you know. Was that? pre-pandemic or during was this during the pandemic that was pre-pandemic and toward okay during and the end you know what i mean okay i think rafi's work i mean what you just described his like uh, approach really shines through I, I think you know obviously uh we're impressed with your artistry on the album your lyricism your flow your, your approach to it but i think just as much people are like whoa this rafi dude is really gifted Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that because, you know what I mean? I do treat it as a blessing because I know it, it, it is. You know what I'm saying? So I treat it as such. I know it's a blessing to um, have the ability to um, master a ceremony. You know what I mean? Fuck about your mouth, nigga, run it. We can turn it into a war if you want it. We can demonstrate it to the door if you want it. I can remodel your decor if you want it. I'm from the block, you know we hot as fuck. Trying to hop out a Bugatti truck, pussy, get that powder up. You take the girl, I keep the power puff. Meet me in the hour, bruh. The cooking cops want to devour us. Even ghosts had to get a power up. When you hustle non-stop, you can't even give an hour up. Give a fuck about your mouth, nigga, run it. We can turn it into a war if you want it. We can demonstrate it to the door if you want it. Put you face to face with the Lord. Uh, you gotta study how to move right. You gotta trust your instincts, what they move like. Don't be fooled by the hoes or the money in the shows. Any second you can lose sight. Every second it's a way to fight. So when you get it, you can push it to the limit because you pay the price. Playing Jane, you can play the ice. Whole thing, you can take a slice. Everybody say goodnight. So you mentioned um, you, you compared Rafi to RZA. So yeah, for sure. that made me think of the song Menacing. Um, it's one of my favorite tracks on Santa Barbara. And it's, I mean, it's clearly a nod to Woo. You say in Brutang in the beginning. And I mean, the production is definitely a shout out to RZA. It's, you know, you can hear the RZA influence. And in a lot of ways, Bruiser Brigade reminds me of Wu-Tang, you know, you all are this crew that has this unprecedented and undefined style simply because you are doing something that's never been done. You don't sound like anybody else. You're bringing all of these skills to the table. And so I wondered for you, you know, I've heard, you know, clan members talk about 
how being in that collective really made them sort of want to be better MCs. So I wondered if being in Bruiser Brigade has inspired you in a similar way. Oh, in every way. In every way it's inspired me because, you know, like um, a lot of times as an artist, um, when you're trying to create, you let the pressure stagnate you. And it's like, um, you know, the pressure just to produce music when you when you're not doing it for fun no more and and, and, and you trying and you trying that like that's the one thing that i never wanted to be in a place where i was trying to make music you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keeping it organic is everything to me i believe like we just really just capturing the way we feel at that moment in time you know what i mean that's what mcn is being able to convey that feeling of how you felt in that very moment when you said what you said. So, hmm. you know, with that, with that being said, you know, um, all my brothers inspire me. Like Big Wolf has been one of the most inspirational, I would say, breath of fresh airs for me. You know what I'm saying? As a brother and as an artist, because he helped me to tap back to take the boundaries off my creativity again. He's one of those artists that if you hear him, then you take your blinders off. You stop being afraid to explore lyrically. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those guys who don't play by the rules lyrically. It's no rules to how he's rapping. You might've thought you heard it before, but you never heard it before. Like it might sound like something that you might've thought you heard before, but it's coming from another place of creativity. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, meeting Big Wolf and just knowing that Danny's there, you know what I'm saying, taking everything in, and he's just such a wild card himself, you know what I'm saying, with his pen. He's a word, such a wordsmith and a barsmith. And me... With my, you know what I'm saying, experience as a, as, as a, uh, my literary, my literary experience, you know what I'm saying? And, um, my background, these guys, you know what I'm saying? They make me want to keep on, you know, keep on pushing the extremities, you know what I'm saying? Lyrically and keep on compressing compound sentences together, you know what I'm saying? And keep on, mm-hmm. you know, trying to progress. Because I know they ain't going to stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know they're not going to stop. So stopping is not even an option. It's like, where's the next metaphor coming from at this point? Mm. Who's yeah. it about and what's it about at this point? It's just who, what, when, and where. This is making me um, think about, uh, you have a clip on Santa Barbara of a proof interview where he he's uh, just saying how much he loves rapping. Like he just does it because he loves to rap. And it sounds like that's this is what you're describing what you love about rap is this this inspiration that you give each other and the way you push each other artistically 100 percent. the way that me and proof met was crazy so you know our relationship in my eyes you know what i'm saying it meant everything to me i don't know if he realized how much the, the jewels that he shared and the times that we spent together meant to me and that, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm pretty sure he did, you know what I'm saying? Because he went out his way to let me know how much he loved me, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's what it is for real, you know what I'm saying? The love that he showed me for my music and for the person that I am, I can't 
help but not represent. You feel me? I know what he stood for. I know what he expected of me. And and, and I, I, and I refuse to do or be anything less than that. You know what I'm saying? And that's all it is. It's just Detroit, the city. Yeah. I've also heard you talk about people who have inspired you, people that you've worked with, the gr- kind of the greats like Dilla and, and Proof, and the culture-changing music that they made. And it's made me wonder in what ways you see what you're doing with Bruiser Brigade uh, as changing the culture, or in what ways the culture needs to change. Well, you know, with my personal contribution, like I say, the Bruiser is to be taken and used artistically for however you perceive it. That's why Zalupers did the art the way he did. It wasn't because we intentionally wanted it that way. It's because this is, it, the Bruiser is bigger than what we want. You know what I'm saying? The Bruiser is about the people who believe in us and our support system and our ideas and and the things we like and all collect. It's a it's a it's a gumbo of a collective of things. So just to make it one thing would be unfair to our consumer. So mm-hmm. we let our consumer take the work and create their own idea of what it means to them and to create their own world of what, you know what I'm saying, where to place it in their world. You know what I'm saying? It would be unfair of me to it's to want to to you know what I'm saying to want you to do something with my music. You feel hmm. me? What you do with the music is up to you. Now when you come back and tell me, bro, I love that, it says something great about you because I know what I put into it. So I know everybody who's attached to that project, the reason why they attached to it is because I did it for you. So it says great things about your character. So you being able to interpret that and find a place for that, it means the world to me because it says a lot to me about you, you feel me? Mm. And about yeah. you and I and, and what it means about us. You know what I mean? It means that I wasn't right. I wasn't wrong. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't wrong for trusting in the listener. I wasn't wrong for not trying to dump a whole bunch of money in the marketing and promo. I wasn't wrong for not for letting it organically do what it was supposed to do and just believe in in, in the power of you and I. You feel me? Does that ever feel risky? It it don't it don't to me. It, it probably does to somebody who's investing a lot of money into making things work. But my thing is, my faith is in the real being what it is. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. take no artificial flavor and add it to that. Like, I didn't take nothing. It's no poison. I don't, I didn't, I didn't intentionally put no poisonous elements in that, in, in the Santa Barbara. Everything that, that is Santa Barbara was 100% from that, from a place of me just trying to be 100 you feel me? So if it's anything to gain from that, then I know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's to gain from that is just all I want. Whatever whatever the benefits to reap from pouring your heart and being 100% and, 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 and just being copacetic with your life and with your friends and your family, then that's all I want. I don't want nothing other than that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's something to gain from it, then let me have it. If it ain't nothing to gain from it, then, hey, I'll keep pushing, but I, I can't stop. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to stop caring. Yeah. 
It sounds like in the same way that you're sort of giving listeners a freedom to interpret your work how they want to interpret it and and have meaning in a way that is meaningful to them. You all do that as crew members in Bruiser Brigade. You give each other space to create because you not just respect each other as people, but as fellow artists. And that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times when you come with rappers and support, so everybody looking at it like a competition, but except for us, we're not looking at it that way because we we are fans of each other. Like I'm a Danny Brown fan. Like I'm a Big Wolf fan. Like I'm a I'm a Zalupers fan. Like I'm a fan of every artist that's in my in my camp. You know what I'm saying? So it means something different to me when we in the studio recording. It's like recording with Jay-Z or recording with, you know what I'm saying, ASAP Rocky or recording with one of your favorite people. So it's not hard, you know what I'm saying? Every time we in the studio and we share a lot and we drinking and we smoking together and we sharing and we creating, like that place, you can't rob, be robbed in that, in that place. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that's really what it is. Like I say, it's more like... Uh, like a basketball team, like a franchise, you know what I'm saying? Who's trying to build a championship team, how they'd be. It's like, you know, pop bottles like we won game seven, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's what it is. It's just more of a celebration when we in a, when we around each other. We always celebrating. Bruiser always celebrate. We always popping bottles. We always smoking good. We always eating. We always sharing, you know what I'm saying? We always showing love, you know what I mean? Because... You know, that's what we do. It ain't, you know what I'm saying, because you really deserve it. It's just that's who we are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't looking for the love that I put out in return. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I'm That's just me. This is the way that I am. I, I love. So if you don't, that's you. That's you. I, you know, <laughs> I'm really glad you brought up the loopers and the cover image. I mean, E and I are from an era of physicals, physical packaging. Yeah. That stuff, uh, that means something to us. So we're, I think we're always interested in, in, uh, in some of the visuals involved with these projects. And uh, I wanted to ask you about the cover image. I know Z Looper's uh, paints. So this is one of his paintings, right? And you guys have been using his paintings for your cover designs. Is that something that like you commissioned for this project or did he just choose something that he felt worked with it? Actually, like I said, Z Looper's is my brother. He heard what I was going through musically, and he was there through the process, irritating me and getting on my fucking nerves the whole time. Cause that's what my brothers do. You know what I'm saying? And um, he made me greater through the process. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, when it came time to do the album cover, I didn't put no restrictions on the loopers. I told him to do what he felt and we and that's what it was gonna be. And he didn't think I was gonna like it. Hmm. At first I was a little standoffish towards it because that's what art does to you. When you see a good piece of art, you gotta take it in for a minute and see what does it mean to you. Like, you know what I mean? He did that with all the Bruiser albums, not just mine. JUS was the first one, so I kinda just fell in line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. JUS let the Loopers do the guy Goku Jay-Z album, which was epic. I say Zilupers is the baby Basquiat to me. He is the baby. You know what I'm saying, Picasso. So it's like asking Picasso to draw your album cover. You can't tell him what's, you know. <laughs> right. It's a Picasso. You know what I'm saying. So it sounds like the album cover was just him, like witnessing the process, being there for it, 
taking in the music and this is what came out of it this this painting exactly that's exactly what mm-hmm. it was that's dope what when you look at the painting when you look at the cover mm-hmm. what does it mean to you it mean that i was inside the house yeah because it was so much fire coming from the inside of the house <laughs> yeah that ray was the only one who could have been in there in the middle of nowhere creating that much heat in the middle of a cold environment Nowhere. I'm the only one who could do that. I'm bringing 120 degrees inside of whatever house we're in because I'm setting it on fire from the inside out. I'm wondering if, you know, based on the feedback you might have heard from people listening to Santa Barbara, if they approached you that album the same way you were talking about how we approach art. They had to sort of sit back, sit with it and and think about what they were seeing or hearing. Have you heard anything about that? Like, have you got a sense that, that that's how people approached this record now see this is what was funny because when i was waiting on the response the very first response that i got back the very first one of the very first reviews that i got back was a review from the harvard crimson okay Mm -hmm. now you know anything about the harvard crimson you know they're um a very very prestigious harvard university is a has a very prestigious student body and they are the future stars most of their student body are the future stars of literary art and a lot of other things so Mm -hmm. for me to get reviewed by students within the uh harvard you know community and get a five-star rating from the harvard crimson that really blew me away completely like that was the first thing the check made at me was like, okay, nobody's really saying anything, but the Harvard Crimson just gave you a five-star review. Wow. Okay. That's right, right. No, I hear this is this is gonna be something. This is gonna be a different ride than you expected. Mm-hmm. That really blew me away. I didn't need any time. I knew I liked Santa Barbara right away. <laughs> I, I was plugged in right away. So I, I didn't need to sit. I just needed to turn it up. Okay, see, 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 that's yeah. what I'm saying. See, that's what I mean. Some listeners are a little more, you know what I mean? They're uh, uh, a little more uh, uh, tapped in than others. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, like, I, I feel, I really believe, you know, me personally, like, you want to know my personal opinion? I feel like if Santa Barbara isn't in your top five albums of the year already, I probably don't even care what you think musically. You know, this is my personal opinion. Now, I can I can be biased, but I'm a consumer as well. I love music. I love the music industry. I love what it's done to create, you know, millionaires and billionaires. And I watched a lot of artists go from poor to rich. And I watched everybody become successful that I that I enjoy um, musically. So I feel like I, I, I'm a good gauge for what music is about and what it should be. Just, you know, like, I mean, you know, it's different because, you know what I mean? We're talking about a corporate machine here that's full of people who care about what they're doing. And then we're talking about a guy from Detroit, Michigan, who's, uh, you know, high 30s, you know, releasing a body of work and expecting critical acclaim in the mid pandemic where nobody's paying attention to nothing but trying to survive. So who are you to try to offset the plans that we've been in? So I understand, but Santa Barbara's something else. Once it gets in your ear, then, hey, they can't take it away from you. Once you hear it, they can't take it away from you. Mm. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. And that's what meant the most to me that I created, that I was a part of creating something that, that was bigger than me. You know what I mean? Santa Barbara is bigger than Fat Ray. You know what I mean? Hmm. <laughs> it's bigger than Nino Brown. It was like in the movie. <laughs> it's just bigger than Nino Brown, man. It's a CMB to this. I would have to agree with you. I, I think Santa Barbara is, I think, everything that, that you and, and the rest of the crew is doing is just, I don't know, I just think it's taking hip-hop to a place where it needs to be. And you see, that's why I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Great minds think alike. Kudos to you for having a great mind, because I feel the same way. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, obviously, I think we're on board. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. And you too, my guy. I feel the full support, man. <laughs> I thank you. Sure. No, you know what it. I mean? This means the world to me. I just still be able to reflect, you know what I'm saying? And to um have understanding for what it is that we it is that we do and your purpose and my purpose coming together for the greater good. You feel me? So this is yeah. right now to me. It means everything. All right. So I heard you say that uh you know you're a music fan, you pay attention to what goes on in the music industry, and this feels like an appropriate time to kind of shift gears a bit and talk a little bit about the album that you chose for this uh for this episode so every episode we pick an album we have a guest pick the album to sort of reflect on hear from our guests about how that particular body of work has influenced them what it means to them and so tonight we're going to be talking about murder music mob deep One and only, infamous. Everybody wanna use the name sounding old lame. We come up in the party with them shanks and things. Have you curled up on the floor feeling the pain? And nine times out of ten, we ain't even start the shit. We finish it, then they wanna press charge. Plus, everybody and your mother wanna act tough till they discover how fast a nigga leave them under white covers. Was a thumper till he met the 40 thunder. Now I feel strange when I walk by his mother. It's fucked That's how the ball bounce. The cookie crumbles. That's what the guns do. Dead you on the humble. But God forgive me, niggas trying to hit me what i'm supposed to do you talk about my life and a nigga got a lot to lose so i suck the heaters then proceed to move we are more for real you an example spread love not war because my shit is popping and i'll be goddamn if you shot me we should spread love not war because you won't feel safe coming out your crib knowing that we got beef you should spread love not war just think about your kids how they need you alive for your guidance we should spread love not war because death yeah. hurts whole families yeah. imagine it's your moms that grieve yes sir Yes, sir. Murder music by Mob Deep, man. That's crazy, and you know what I mean. I, that's one of my favorite albums of all times, man. It's in my top five for sure. It wasn't one of Mob Deep's most popular albums, being Mob Deep as a group. It's just the time that I got that album and what I was going through and what it meant to me. It was one of the only albums that I had. I was leaving Michigan. I was headed to Alabama State University, and I had three CDs with me that I took out of my collection. I packed all the rest of my music. Mob Deep, Murder Music, E-40 in a Major Way, and um, uh, Nas, uh, uh, I, I don't, I, I wanna say uh, it was a mixtape. It was a mix, a Nas mix tape. Okay. One of those underground Nas tapes. Murder Music was the tape that I just, I just kept it on repeat. 
it flowed all the way through. I went from Detroit to Alabama with that CD, man, and I, and I took it apart. And to this day, it's one of the greatest listens that I get when I listen back to music from you know my childhood. You talked about it being sort of a, like support to you when you were going through some things, and I actually wanted to ask you about that because to me, Prodigy has always been an MC that's been able to clearly articulate pain and trauma. Hell yeah! Um, Hell yeah! yeah. Hell yeah. Like I say, I was leaving Detroit, going to Alabama. I was hurt. You know what I mean? And I was going through some things. My mom and dad, they was going through a divorce at the time. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? I was, uh, yeah, I was on the road trying to go figure it out down south. And um, that, that CD, man, it just gave me a lot of, uh, it helped me channel that that uh, that pain that I guess I was going through. You know what I'm saying? And vibe to it. That's what it was, for real. Damn, thank you. I'm glad you helped me acknowledge that. That's what it was. I guess it helped me go through, it helped me make it through that pain and that that traumatic situation I was going through for real. Yeah, I think they did that for a lot of people. Yeah, that CD I feel like is a mixture of uh, hard street lessons, if that's a certain thing, a street lesson, like a street jewel, I would call. <laughs> There's a lot of street jewelry on there, like jewels, yeah that you have to understand if you're going to be on the streets or if mm. you're going to be in the streets. is jewels and there's lessons that you're going to learn and there's things that you're going to see. It's just a precursor and a um, different perspective. of Because I'm sure you know how New York, they experience a lot faster. You know what I'm saying? They get to the outcome a lot faster in a lot of different places, you know what I'm saying? The city's a lot faster. You get the answers a lot faster because so many people is doing things. So Prodigy has just been an example of fast answers for me. You get right to the point. You let you know exactly what's up, exactly what's going on. Don't get it confused. And this what it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what it's been with him for me. Havoc has been a great support system on Prodigy too, with the beats and just being able to... Uh, express that feeling that they was going through in music. You know what I'm saying? It's like the bullet in the gun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that this album, like you found this album at a time when you needed it, right? And, and when I listen to it, I'm struck by the more like direct ways that they chose to talk about pain or they chose to talk about taking a different path, the path away from pain. I'm thinking specifically of the song Spread Love, which um, I, I'm not sure was an approach that they took before that? Spread Love is one of the craziest records yeah. that I ever heard. Prodigy alone conveyed the message. You know what I'm saying? And it was uh, the first time I had really heard a dude vividly, because Prodigy is more like speaking to you, you know what I'm saying, but not specifically speaking to you, you know what I'm saying? It's weird, because he's like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, of course, you know you didn't do these things to him, but he's speaking as if he's talking to his group of these dudes who did these things to him. You know what I'm saying? You should spread love, not war. Because I'll be goddamn if you shot me. You know what I'm saying? Because you won't feel safe coming out your crib knowing that we got beef. You know, just think about your kids, how they need you alive for their guidance. You know? Because death hurts whole families. Imagine it's your mom's degree. Like, mm. I didn't do nothing to this man, but I could clearly understand he's saying these things 
You know what I'm saying? So you can get a vivid image of where he's standing in his life and, you know, the war that he's looking at and how if you're going through anything similar, you know what I'm saying? You feel the same way pretty much. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, you do need to spread more love because if I activate my negative, it'll be bad. You feel me? And nobody wants that, you you know? So just think about something positive, you know what I'm saying? Because death is the ultimate no-no. It ain't no coming back from that, you know what I mean? And he just letting you know, you know what I'm saying? Find something better to do with your life, you know? You know what I'm saying? And being a gangster or whatever, but don't get it confused. He'll be that for you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he had this way of making it personal. Like it was, it was like you just said, it was his stuff. It was his own battles, but he had a way of making you feel what he was feeling, almost like you were him. Exactly, almost like you were him. And that's why I say prodigy on the wall on the poster because you know what I mean. He's he's been that the majority of my life. Mob Deep has always been one of them groups who. You know what I'm saying? You can go back to the early rap pages. They in there. You know what I'm saying? The early book of hip hop. They in there. So if you're just going to be any type of master of the art, you got to acknowledge the history. You got to know where you came from to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And Mob Deep is one of the groups who maintain their integrity with me. Integrity with me, you know what I'm saying? From the rooter to the tutor. So. How did Mob Deep or or this album in particular influence your music, the way you approach music? Because it was so smooth and so hard at the same time. Like he, they really like it, it. It was one of my these more funkier albums, and not to say that I like to get funky, but that shit made you get funky. Like damn, like it was it was a uh, it was like um again. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Alchemist was around during that period of time because that was like H&IC era. So a lot of that shit was Alchemist-based, Alchemist, you know, influence. You know what I'm saying? Havoc was always coming with that mob sound, but it was like, uh, it was, it, it, you can tell the Alchemist imprints in the, uh, in, the, in the murder music. It's more melodic gangster shit. And it's all hitting face melters on there from the rooter to the tutor. Like, did listening to Mob Deep or Prodigy influence the way you wrote? Yeah, um, like I say, it because it was this, you know how smooth Prodigy was with his. He could say something villainous and make it sound so smooth, man. Yeah, that was yeah. his best abilities, if you ask me. So yes, I, I did take a lot of Prodigy influence in my delivery. The way that I always try to smooth things over, you know what I'm saying, more than, you know, be too overly aggressive all the time, you know what I'm saying, because everything don't take anger, you know what I'm saying, and um, anger, you know what I'm saying, really a lot of times puts you in a negative place, so I try to I try to play more of the positive side, you know what I'm saying, just to be in a neutral, safe zone, you know what I mean, with my words, because I don't want to... I don't want to be mistaken because I'm not trying to be negative. You feel me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm taken in a negative manner, then forgive me because I, I want not meaning to be taken that way. I want you to be able to grow with this. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want to show growth with this. And I ain't trying to poison my listener with a with a bunch of bullshit, neither. Right. And I wanted to take my time and specifically tinker around with the way that I was rapping just so it intrigue you. You know what I'm saying? But the things that I'm saying, I want you to take it apart. I want you to break it down and take it apart and hold me accountable for it at the end of the day. If it's, if it ain't right. I can definitely hear that. The, the influence of that like casual delivery, that composed... That's what I'm saying. Uh, like casual flow. My man say, rock you in the face, stab your brain with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for himself in this land we be gunning and keep them shit crews running. See, like, the rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone, like, that was a Mortal Kombat move. Like, he made it so, <laughs> yeah. so smooth. Yeah. Like smooth murderer, he just killed you so smoothly mm-hmm. that, that when you run it back and you can listen to that bar a thousand times and it won't offend you unless you dig deeply into it, then you see that brain getting smashed with that nose bone and you're like, Oh, you was really <laughs> talking crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. You had me loving it, you had me loving the Mortal Kombat finish move, bro. I loved every bit of Yes, I love that line. If I sat and wrote a verse for all the niggas I hate it, most definitely if not you, kill somebody related. Say I'm fat with exception to the women, the kids. Dump you up under a bridge in a cardboard box. I'm like, nothing to do with it, believe it or not. I'm washing my hands to get bent with hand of your rock. I've been the rest, begging my chest, off, peeling my socks. Niggas do it to death, I sleep with my shit cocked. I can't rock, one sip, you love it a lot. While you sleeping, I'm creeping with the intricate plot. Cause Picture me up in the board way before my time. Picture you trying to get me while I'm still trying to get mine. Asshole, have your brain looking like Castro. Then I heard you wanted me. Careful what you ask for, bitch. If I buck you damn short snitch, the nigga just mad cause he can't cop Chris. Yo, your niggas can't fuck with the niggas I fuck with. Really can't fuck with the niggas I fuck with. Your niggas mind the league in my eyes for real. Your niggas wanna pop shit to me when you get a record deal. Niggas can't fuck with the niggas I fuck with. You really can't fuck with the niggas. Niggas I fuck with, your niggas mind a league in my eyes for real. Your niggas wanna pop shit, see when you get a record deal. Do you have a sense of how Mob Deep was received in Detroit? And maybe this is just within your immediate circle, but were people bumping them heavy? Yeah, I, I, I got an understanding of it because I went to see them when they came here. And it was mixed emotions. You know what I'm saying? But the dudes that was, was rocking with them was rocking with them full way. And the ones that wasn't was shaky like they would with everybody. Until you prove yourself, they're going to be shaky with you. You know what I'm saying? But I love Mob Deep. You know what I'm saying? So I was one of the dudes that was on their side. Like, ain't nobody going to touch Prodigy while he is unless his uncle, one, one of the big homies that got more poor than me. Not on my watch. It is interesting to me that, you know, we've had two two people now on the show from Detroit, House Shoes. Fat right. Both of y'all picked Mob Deep albums to talk about. Yeah. Oh wow, I ain't know that. See, I didn't know nothing about it. I ain't know he picked the Mob Deep album too, now that you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Respect that though. What he picked what he picked? Infamous? Yeah. Infamous, yeah. yeah. How would I see? I just I just that was a blind guess or everything. <laughs> me and me and House Shoes, we like punch you in your mouth right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sean P. Yeah. Sean P is one of my favorite rappers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, I'll punch you right in the mouth with a bar. You know, barefoot bully rap. You know what I mean? 
you know, it's a uh, it's a art, <laughs> it's a lost art. I'll say. Can they really find the crew? Cause they run around with the crew, and they run in front of the crew. They run in front of the suits to shoot. Yeah, that's why Santa Barbara's a breath of fresh air. Exactly. I I, I hope it would be for you know, like I say, my intellectuals and my hip hop lovers, because I still I still love sure. still love music. And I mean, you know, if we get to a time and place where they want to whoopie whoop, then you know what I'm saying? We know how to do that too. <laughs> I'm curious, have you ever heard the leaked version, the bootleg version of murder music? The bootleg version of murder music? Yeah, the one that was released prior to the, the commercial release. No, I can't say that I have. What, what's on the other? What's up? What's what record? I have to admit, I haven't heard it either. In fact, it was just brought to my attention this week by uh, that a friend of mine. Bootleg the murder music. Yeah. Yeah. Then I then I started reading about it. E, you, you know about this? Did you read about it too? Or you... Yeah. Yeah. So the bootleg version came out before the commercial album dropped, which I mean, it was sort of like a sign of the times. You know, like that's when shit was like, you know, copy put on the streets. But, you know, it actually ended up helping them. So when the commercial album did come out, it helped to make it really successful. So it's so Prodigy said it came out and then they went back. They recorded four more songs and then put them on the commercial one. So basically the same things that are on the bootleg version are on the commercial album. Okay. Minus a few okay. songs. Yeah. Okay. Minus a couple songs. I want to hear them minus records. Yes, I do want to hear them. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get my hands on it. If I do, I will be sure to send it your way. Okay, for sure. For the record, though, Cool G Rap is one of my favorite rappers. Undisputed mm -hmm. is one of my favorite records with him and Prodigy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Undisputed. For street niggas living with their lives on the line. For young guns coming up during these times. For police who find drugs letting niggas slide. For niggas out slinging like four in the night. For your man's not snitching when the pressure is tight. For pistols that don't jam when it's time to strike. For bootleg liquor on a Sunday night. This be the realest shit you heard in your life. Yo, when the gas reveal, your cash get pilled And that's the tail. fuck the bitch ass And switch fast, niggas that lack the real When the slugs burst, she rappy aiming at your mug first Niggas is bloodthirst, they see who get blood worse We dug earth to place you, put the nickel platers to your facial Bullets ain't racial, kid, they only hate you My nine will seem like it's a time machine, BC date you Jacking you more than Ripper, my fifth's a organ shifter The human organism lifter, you'll be hearing organs If you're leaving orphans, if you let these fools hit you With a law splitcher, a four-pitcher, the bump head but those that don't let accurate shots in back of your night Leave them one dead, G-Rap, Havoc, and Prodigy Let's put these bitch niggas where bodies be done Yo, if it gotta be, it gotta be Yeah, that's that shit right there, boy I don't care what you riding in when that song is playing Yeah <laughs> I think the bootleg version had another Nas feature on it Oh, yeah The bootleg version I think you're, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right From back then Oh, yeah Gotta be heat I'm gonna try to find it I'm hit Zilla Rocka. Zilla Rocka is the one who told me that he had it, so I'm gonna track him down. Yeah, that gotta be absolutely. You know, my bruisers, we so crazy. They so. <laughs> we I always talking about crazy shit. Like we was talking about who got the craziest opening bars for a song ever. What was the consensus? One of the high-ranking marks was Yin Yang Twins. Uh, Whistle while you twerk. Opening bars, pretty. <laughs> 
freaking offensive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you can come out and your first bars is let me see you make the pussy fart, then you probably won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. If your engineer didn't pause you after that, then you probably good to go. <laughs> <laughs> You did. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. Did make a bruiser go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with honorable mention, if you never heard uh, JT Money and the Poison Clan, shake what your mama gave you. The opening verse of that is pretty, pretty exclusive. Okay. <laughs> I haven't, I, I haven't heard that song in a while, but <laughs> the song in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Brown laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how we're gonna open the episode. This is doing that laugh. Yeah. yeah. I just gotta right. ask this. This is I'm I'm gonna take us on a rabbit hole, but just because I, I wanna ask you before we before we jump off, a lot of basketball references in Santa Barbara. So I just I just gotta know like who you got. Right now, um I love I love how the Brooklyn Nets is looking, man. Mm. Even though it's looking a little it looked a little bad for him earlier today. I don't know because we've been on this thing. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? But I just, I don't know, man. It's something about the way they was looking the last couple of games. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's heating up, folks. They tore their ass up the other day. I know that. It's heating up, folks. It's looking like it's looking like a ball game. So Yeah. Right that's now, a- that's looking the most appealing to me. Mm. Mm. They're just, they're becoming the super team. They're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, if they don't, if they don't get it together real quick, if they don't, their spidey senses don't come together. Because uh, right now, I don't know what's going on right now. What? How they looking, kid? How they looking, my guys? What's the score? Uh, 65-67. Oh yeah, see, see, it's a two point game right oh, now. Oh, that's a little bit tighter than it was the other night. And they at home. And they at home. They at home. The, the, I'm telling you, them boys looking like the video game. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to tell you, right? Brooklyn, that's was the wrong answer. Oh yeah, you're talking to two, you're talking to two folks in Philly right yeah. now. So. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. I, I mean, I really try to stay out of the sports too, especially since the Pistols. You know what I'm saying? Wow. They, they, yeah. they don't never do what they really supposed to do for me. They yeah. be playing duel up every time I try to give them some money. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I just had my seventy. I had my whole Iverson outfit on yesterday. We would have did the interview yesterday. Y'all would have loved me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I <laughs> I had to just dye six some shorts. Uh, I killed it yesterday. Okay. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm rocking with the Sixers too. Though. You know it. You know it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They fully ex- Sixers do- fully expect the Sixers and the Nets to meet in the next round for sure. Sixers got clean their shit up though. Nah, they'll be all right. Yeah, they're gonna be good. They, they they've gonna, been playing a little bit too sloppy. Yeah, they gonna get it together. They gonna get it out. Yeah, I was screaming at them the other night, so I hope so. I love your background, like, by like that. Man, that shit is cold. Oh yeah. It's like I've been looking at Prodigy the whole time and doing my interview. Like, <laughs> like say no bullshit, son. Slap the fuck out, you kid. Yeah. Nah, oh, man, yeah. he was here with you. Like they were yeah. so phonogenic. Hold- <laughs> yeah, they was for sure, I, and I'm hella not. I, I hate the camera. I gotta get. It. I be. I be trying to get out of it though. That's why I only let one person shoot me. All my videos shot by the same person. Mm. 
the bruises, they had to get to learn to love my cameraman. They're like, Red, I don't even want to shoot nobody else. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Let him come on, shoot it. <laughs> Ray ain't going to stop letting him shoot. No, that's my guy, though. B. Damon, Arc Cinema, man. That's my guy. He shoot all my stuff. Brandon. Brandon Damon. And then, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed, I've been smoking these hand-rolled cigars, man. My people's always looking out for me, bringing me special gifts and shit. This is the type of shit you get when you rap good, man. Mm -hmm. Look at my ashtray and shit. Hold on, let me show y'all, man. If I can flip my camera around, let me see. This is shit I've been looking at the whole time. This is my, my lighter, my ashtray. Damn. My little can of guard. My people's. This is my little pre-rolls and shit. They coming like these, you know, North Coast. They love me, man. Yeah, they hooked you up. So, shout out. And then I had to spin the Alexa around. She thought I was talking to her. <laughs> this is the girl right here. Bimo, say what up, man. This the reason right right here. This the man right here. This why this why Santa Barbara was the way it was right here. Him, him, man. He was on. He was in my head every day. Fat Ray, dog. Tell him, give him a jewel. You told me this who y'all here talking in the background on all the bruises shit. Give him a joke. This is this right here. This the reason why. This the fire right here. This where the sauce come from right here. Demo, listen, dog. This the podcast from Philly hmm. right now. You know what I'm saying? Next movement podcast. This Demo. This the big gremlin <laughs> right here. Y'all probably this the only. I'm the only nigga he gonna let put a camera on him right now. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a jewel it up, man. Let him know what this gremlin shit really about, man. It's like this. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, I, <laughs> yeah. it's different. It's different. It ain't even different. It ain't even different. What is it then? Tell him what it is, BMO. This the man right here with Santa Barbara, man. Tell him what Santa Barbara was then, man. Because they don't know. Well, they want to know how to me and Raffy. This problem, this why I rapped on the Raffy beat right here. He told me Rafi was next. Yeah, I told him Rafi was next, you know? I, I, and, and then that was it. I mean, you just got this. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. We got Juju over here. We got Juju. <laughs> See, the Grimlins, man, they don't, want, they don't like this shit. That's where it came from, though, man. Dang, what's up, man? He lit the fire. He was like, Fat Ray, you know what you got to do. He told me Rafi was the next one. <laughs> I had to believe him, you know what I mean? Yeah, he he been with Danny since the beginning. You know what mm. I'm saying? He the first one who put me hip to Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, him and Danny. You know what I'm saying? A lot of cats that you know I I, I wouldn't have been aware of. You know what I mean? Mm. Shouts to him. Well, Ray, thank you so much for your time. I mean, it's been a pleasure to sit down with you and and pick your brain a bit. I'm Absolutely. really grateful. Oh man, I greatly appreciate y'all, man. One, just for reaching out, and two, for being so real, man. being so real, being so honest. Yeah, it mean the world to me right now. Us too. Us too. Yeah, definitely us too. Us too. Is there anything you want people to know before we sign off? Yeah, before we sign off, I just want everybody to know, man that I appreciate everybody who took their time, man, to listen to Santa Barbara, everybody who donated some money, man, because I put the album up just to see where the love was at for real. Everybody who put up a dollar, man, that shit meant the world to me, man, to hear those numbers and just to see how many people really care and everybody who tapped in, who retweeted a tweet, who reposted a picture, man. That shit meant the world to me, man. All that positive 
energy that I got in return. It meant the world to me. I just want all my fans and everybody who hear this to know how thankful I am to be alive and able to make good music, man, that y'all are appreciative and accepted to have. So, hey, the love is the love, for real. I just want everybody to know love is love. And Bruiser, man, 2021, man. Bruiser, this our year, man. Brutine forever. That's what's up. All right, Fat Ray, thank you so much. This has been The Next Movement. Thanks for listening. The Next Movement. Peace. Peace. Don't right. forget to tell them that fashion is limited, but style is forever. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's that jewel. There's yep, the jewel dropping right there. gems. Stop! That's what daddy Stop! <laughs> all right you guys y'all rock man yeah you too all right, all right. Yeah, see you about right night. later peace at the mgm grand at the dice table tell your boss shoot the whole label nina ross call her old faithful she a cold case you allow little niggas ungrateful i'ma spank them with the bars betting all the odds with the sword race session like a blessing from the lord yeah. automatic weapons on the floor come creeping through the door i'm shooting like griffin on the court the drip hit different at the source fresh to death bad bitches try to check a nigga pulse the cops been knocking niggas off breaking niggas hearts they ain't even letting niggas march why would they respect a nigga art clever with the darts going like tony with the stalks honestly it gotta be the clocks swimming with the sharks michael mary denim in the bar piling bad bitches in the car smoking out the jaw with the whole zip in the cigar shit hitting like fitting in the tar running from the law let my nigga whoop tell them who we are 45s i got nano thick standards the nose on that bitch look like scotty pippin yeah who that in your trap tripping fucking with you fucking with you who that in your trap with that pyrex vision uh, don't get stupid i thought i told